and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today, and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. This morning we're going to continue with our sermon series on I Have Decided. How many enjoyed last week? I've decided to follow Jesus. Amen? And this morning we're going to talk about I Have Decided, and it's really to continue to seek my purpose, to find my purpose, to live in my purpose. How many know that each of you have a unique purpose that is different from your neighbor, from the person you're sitting next to? You each have a unique purpose. What does God's word say? That we are uniquely created, correct? He, we, are, we are wonderfully made. Say that with me. We are wonderfully made. That's the NIV translation. You are unique. I just texted somebody this morning. They were going through some stuff and nobody here. Um, but at any rate, they were having some issues and stuff going on here and in their mind. And so I told them, look, you're different just like I am because you're unique. There's not another one just like you anywhere in this world. And God loves you. And, and I told, and I shared this with the youth group on, on Friday night. You know how each of us we have our refrigerator typically in our kitchen with, with pictures of our family or, or pictures, mementos, right? Guess what God's refrigerator has? Has a picture of Mike right there. Has a picture of Irene, Wayne right there. A picture of Brenda, a picture of Dan right there on God's refrigerator. Why? Because he loves you. He's proud of you. Amen? Aren't you proud of your kids, your grandkids? Amen? I have four grandkids. I'm proud of every single one of them. And I thank God for them. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning, I want to talk to you about how we're all born to do something. Do you agree with that? Yeah. We're all born to do something. You know, I, just like you, uh, this wasn't part of my message, but I see people begging and, and asking and, and homeless. And my heart goes out to, to a lot of these situations. You see the wear and tear on their face and but when I see a 20-year-old, I have a hard time sometimes feeling compassionate. And God's working on me for that. Amen? How many know what I'm talking about this morning? I know life's trials can put us in a place. They can put me in that place. You know, God willing, we don't. But, but again, we all have a purpose. Every one of us. doesn't matter how young you are, how old you are, you still have a unique purpose in this world. Amen? Each of us are born to do something. To have a purpose. Do you agree with me? Amen. Let me share with you this statement here. A life without purpose is like an unsharpened pencil. It has no point. Wow. Let me say that again. A life without purpose is like an unsharpened pencil. It has no point. We, God didn't create you just so that you could exist on this earth and take up a seat here or a seat in the many churches in, in this city or, or just a, a house on a, on a block to take up residence somewhere. You're not just existing. You're there for a reason. And for many of us, even as adults, it, does, it takes us years to figure out what that purpose may be. Uh, as you know, I, I've only been pastoring uh, a few years. I, I didn't grow up in church. I didn't pastor when I was younger. It took me a long time because I have a dense coconut right here in my head that wouldn't listen to God's word. And now finally, I get my purpose. I'm following my purpose. And guess what? 
I'm happy as a, as, a, as, a, as a clown in a circus. Maybe that's a bad example. But I'm as happy as I can be when I'm here in church ministering to people, counseling people uh, at a Bible study on Wednesday night, at a youth group with kids. Whatever it is in ministry that God has purposed in my heart, I love it. I love it. I'd rather be doing that than at a Giants game, at a football game, watching the Niners, Raiders, whoever, Warriors game. I'd rather be doing ministry because that's my purpose. Amen? Amen. Each of you have a purpose. And how many know God doesn't take shortcuts in that process? He won't won't take a shortcut. He does everything well, doesn't he? Remember when he created everything in the very beginning in the book of Genesis, he always stood back and said, man, that's good. It is good. It is good. Everybody say it is good. good. See, when he created you with a purpose, he stood back and said, Sheila, it is good. It is good. And and that's what you all have to remember. It is good. It is good. Amen. Let me give you a quote that uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson stated years ago. He said, the purpose of life is not to be happy. It's to be useful, to be honorable, to be compassionate, to have it make some difference that you have lived and lived well. Do you agree with that this morning? That's not Bible. That's not scripture. But really what he's saying is it's not about me. It's not about me just being happy. That's what the world teaches you. That's the world's thinking that it's all about me and that my needs have to be met. It's about what can I do for others? How can I be a servant? Amen. But here's the, here's the problem we discover as, as we're searching for that purpose. We often make mistakes along the way, right? We think that it's this way, the path is this way, when in all reality, God has laid out our path this way. But because we have a thick coconut like I did, my thick head, I went this way. And then God has to redirect us. And we finally get it when we finally start to realize, okay, this isn't working, Lord. You ever ask yourself, how's it working? Sometimes it's not. You got to do something different when it's not working. And, and when you begin to ask that question, say, Lord, I want to fulfill my purpose. This isn't working. Well, maybe because it's, you're doing the wrong thing. You're doing the things that you shouldn't be doing. So then God gets a hold of you. You begin to read his word and, and you begin to actually listen to it and obey it. And then all of a sudden you start fulfilling that purpose that he created for you all along. How many have seen that to be true? Amen? You know, not every one of us is called to be a pastor. Not every one of us is called to be a musician. Not every one of us is called to be a police officer, a a teacher. Not every one of us has that gifting. Amen? Amen? And thank God, right? I'd hate to have somebody up here that was not called to be a pastor sharing God's word with you uh, because I know it would go haywire somewhere. Amen? And, and, and that's the thing with some of our, our plans, our purposes, our mindsets, is that we think we're supposed to be doing this, but real quickly you find out how many have done that in their career, maybe t- made a choice, and you realize real quick, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. This isn't for me, right? We, we, and, and don't lie because that's all of us. All of us have... Have fallen. All of us need to raise our hands on that one. Amen. We're, I'm going to switch the mics here just for a second. See if that makes a difference. Because right now, and that did make a difference. Wow. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray against this sound system right now. We pray your blessings on it. 
pray that it work well, that we, you remove those demons from the, from the sound system in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for that, Father. Amen. 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 So here's what I know. And I'm going to speak to you without a mic because we don't need a mic this morning. Amen. Here, we got mic right here. Yes, exactly. Amen. Good one. All right. I like that. Here's what I know. If you don't take the time to learn from God's word, what his plan and purpose is for you, you will never fulfill that purpose. If you don't take the time to learn from God's word, what his will is for you, you will never get to enjoy and discover what that purpose is for you. Now, this world will teach you what that purpose is for you. Amen. If, if you don't pick this up and begin to read it, this world will tell you what your purpose should be. If you go to In-N-Out, In-N-Out will tell you what your purpose should be. If you go to Round Table Pizza, they'll tell you what your purpose should be, right? You, we got to be in tune with God's word. What is God telling me? What am I supposed to be doing in this world of 7 billion people, right? 7 billion. That's an unfathomable unfathomable number to me. Um, you know, I sit here and I see you, I see our community at large, our state, and, and that's a huge population. But God created you uniquely. He created you and designed you for a purpose. And if, if you're at whatever age you're at and still are not sure what that purpose is, you're in today for, uh, for an answer, hopefully, to that question of how to get to discover what that purpose is. All right, if you'll stand with me real quick, I want to read one quick verse. Proverbs chapter 29, and you've heard this verse before. If you can stand this morning, if not, no problem. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18, and I'm going to read it out of the King James Version because I love the way it expresses it this way. So it may read differently in your Bible. But it says in Proverbs 29 and verse 18, Where there is no vision, the people perish. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Father, again, we thank you for your precious word. Lord, your word endures forever and ever. And we pray this morning, Father, that you would give us divine direction, that you would show us through your word, Lord, the path that we should be on. Lord, all of us are created uniquely and you've de designed us differently. And so, Father, we pray this morning, help us to open our hearts and our spirits to receive from you. And I pray for anointing and your truth and boldness would be declared this morning in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. 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 Look at your neighbor before you're seated and tell him, I have purpose. I have purpose. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. You know, the, the Hebrew word for, um, for vision is this word called kauzon. Cowzone. Everybody say cowzone. Now, that's not important, but what I want to tell you about it, what the meaning of that is. The, the Hebrew meaning for that is it's, it's a dream, a revelation, or a vision. Ever have a dream, a revelation, or a vision that God has told you what, what you should be doing? If you have, then you're way ahead of where, where you should be, you know, or, or you're on track, I should say. A vision is a dream or a revelation. God wants to bring all your dreams to pass. You, do you have a dream? How many are doing uh, today what they dreamed of doing as a little kid? Raise your hand if you're doing today what, what God birthed in you or what you had in your, in your mind as a kid. 
Okay, see that? Maybe one person in here. And because and, you know why I know that to be true? I wanted to be an astronaut. <laughs> I wanted to be a, a paleontologist, discover dinosaur bones and all that good stuff. And what am I doing here, right? God, see, those are my dreams that I had initially, but those weren't God's dreams for me. There's a huge difference. And when you start fulfilling the dreams that God has for you, you are walking in his blessing. You're walking in his purpose. Amen? Amen. Amen. So again, what if you're here this morning and you say, well, I don't have a dream. I don't have a vision. Well, what can happen because of that is you do this, then you do this, and then you end up over here, and then the wind blows you over here, and then after you get tired of that, you start going over here, and then you're 65 years old, and you've never served your purpose. Now, can you be successful? Yes, you can still be successful in life. But have you fulfilled the purpose that God has divinely created for you? No, no. See, God's given you a unique mission, a task for each of you. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen? Let me tell you about someone you may have heard of. I hope you've all heard of him. Usain Bolt. Okay? He's not found in the scriptures. Okay? He is now known and widely recognized as the best track and field sprinter of all time, right? He grew up in Jamaica. And so I did a little history on him and learned about him because I used to love to sprint in high school. So any of that stuff kind of attracts me to that. And so he is the world record holder in the 100 meters and 200 meters um, in the Olympics and world record holder of all time. He has eight gold medals to his credit and credited again with being the best sprinter of all time. But he wasn't always the very best. In fact, he had a terrible work ethic, they said. He would, and he still did this at times, he would run so fast that he would stop and look behind them, right, and mock the other guys growing up. Well, as you get older and you start competing against the best of the best, you can't do that anymore, you, or at least you shouldn't do that anymore. Yet he was so good, he eventually became so good due to his training, due to his dedication to his purpose, that he was able to be that good above and beyond anybody else that he could look back with a big old smile. How many remember seeing that? And he'd be going like this afterwards, right? That was his trademark sign, something like this, right? And uh, the guy was just amazing. Grew up to be a six-foot-five-inch track sprinter. Uh, Unheard of to be that tall and be a sprinter. But at any rate, I share that with you because he had to believe in his purpose, his vision, See, speed is God-given. You can't train that. You can't uh, just acquire that. You either have that or you don't. Uh, how many found that to be true growing up? You were either fast or you weren't. You can't, you can't train that. You can get faster, you know, if you're, if you're average speed, but you'll never become super fast, a sprinter. You either have that speed or you don't. Usain had that. And he trained himself, believed in that. Let me ask you this morning, have you let those dreams fall by the wayside because uh, life's gotten tough, I'm too old now, I've got kids, I've got grandkids, I'm retired, I don't have time for that. Have you allowed that to happen in your life? Hopefully not, amen? Having vision will bring focus back to your life. Having vision, amen? I want to read a scripture to you which... Uh, was our scripture verse. 
Uh, Psalm 139. Did we read that for a scripture verse? Psalm, that no, Jeremiah. that was Jeremiah. I'm sorry. Um, but I want to read this other scripture to you. Um, found in Psalms chapter 139 and verse 16. It says the following, and I believe we have it up on the screen. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. You know, that's the NIV version. And what God is saying to us is that he has this plan for you before you even had a single day of life on this earth. How many know that's amazing? God has a unique plan for each of you, for me, before you were even born. He, the Bible says he knitted you in your mother's womb. He put you together piece by piece by piece. That's just so incredible. And he made you unique. Amen? Amen. Again, Jeremiah chapter 29. I'll read this one, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. How many want to have a hope and a future? Amen? Because if you don't, you're hopeless, right? That's, that's, the, that's the definition of that. We all want to have a hope and a future. Now, I want to ask you another question. Is your life so busy today, this morning, that you're not focused on God's plan for you? Are you so busy with life's activities that you're not focused on what God's plan is? In other words, are you not taking the time to, to seek what God's plan is for your life? Are we just so consumed with what's going on around us? And you've never said, oh, Lord, what is it you want me to be doing? How can I be a blessing? Because that's what you should be. All of you should be blessings to others. Amen? Amen. All of us need to be servants to others. Jesus was a servant, number one. Yes. Jesus was a servant. He's our example. Yes. We are to be servants of the Most High. Amen? Yes. Amen. Let me bring some quick points to you. And I'm not going to take too much time this morning, but having vision will bring endurance. In other words, when you have vision and things begin to not go the way you want them to go, it will help you to maintain. Because just like a sprinter, their, their races are over in 10 seconds, 9 seconds in the 100 meters, 20 seconds in 200 meters. Say you're a long-distance runner. You need endurance. You need endurance. And sometimes when... You don't see that vision, that dream happening overnight. We're quick to want to quit. How many know what I'm talking about? You want to give up. You want to say, oh, this is never going to get better. I'm always going to be in this situation. No, no, that's the lie of the devil. Amen. The devil wants to keep you oppressed and keep you right where you're at all the days of your life. But God is saying, remember my plan for you. Remember, remember my vision that I gave you, that I birthed in you. Amen. Number one. You won't quit or give up when you have a God-given vision that you're pursuing. You won't quit. If you know that God has given you a vision in here uh, to be a pastor, like for me, I'm not going to quit. Uh, I, I still work a full-time job, and I wasn't going to quit when I was going to Bible school. I wasn't going to quit. I was taking those classes, working. I, I wanted to quit in here because I would get tired, but you, you keep going, amen? How many have wanted to quit at different times in your life? Before you got to the goal, all of us have. All of us have faced adversity. Whether it could be health, it could be financial. You want to quit, but there's no quitting in God, amen? There's no quitting in God. God wants you to have endurance to pursue that vision that he has birthed in you, amen? Here's what happens 
the opposite of that, when there is no vision. You know, the Bible says that, pe that people will perish when there's no vision. Well, number one, people hurt themselves and hurt others. When there's no vision, you're, you're aimlessly wandering. Have you ever seen hurting people hurt others? You know who's always barking and hurting people? Hurt people. Yeah. They're hurting inside. And, it, and when they begin to demonstrate that, it's a clear example. You can see that what they got a billboard that says, I'm hurting inside and I have to hurt you. And, and it's really clear to everybody except to them. No, number two, they bark at everyone around them. They're never happy. When you don't have a vision, when you don't have a dream, you can be very unhappy because life is not where you thought it would be at this time, at this age, at this place. Life is not where it should be, so therefore... I'm going to bark at everybody and, and I'm going to be in a bad mood, a foul mood. Amen? Nobody wants to be around that person. Amen? Number three, we sit and do nothing. Rather than serve, rather than begin to jump in, we sit and do nothing. And that's, that's exactly what the enemy wants you to do. I often use this illustration. Everybody knows what I'm going to do, right? I have this handkerchief, right? It's a clean handkerchief, okay? I have it in my back right pocket and it hurts because I got bad fingers right now, messed up. Uh, oh, and then I hit it right there. So I have this handkerchief here in my back pocket. I know it's there at all times. If you're sitting down and doing nothing, the devil's got you right where he wants you because he knows, oh, I've got them right there. They may come to church even, but they just sit and do nothing. Okay? That's what the devil wants you to do when you don't have a vision, he wants to cloud your thinking. God is saying, no, I've got plans for you. I've got purpose for you. Amen? Yeah. And then finally, the fourth thing here, when there's no vision, people can't endure to the end. They can't follow through. They give up. They give up chasing that goal, that dream, that vision. They say, ah, I can't be done. I'd rather just sit here and do nothing. I'd rather just sit here in my misery and complain. Ever been around people like that? Just complain, complain, complain about this, complain about that. I'm sorry, but I don't have time for those people. I got too much to do, you know, than to hang around people like that. That's what happens when you don't have vision. Having vision will bring fulfillment, will bring fulfillment in your life. Amen? Listen to what Mark Twain said, the great author Mark Twain. He said, the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. Amen? You know, another person who says that in a, in a humorous style is this Christian comedian, Michael Jr. Um, if you've ever heard of him, oh, you've got to look him up on YouTube. Michael Jr., great Christian comedian. comedian. Anyways, he talks about how the, essentially the same thing, that it's not until you know what your what is, what is your what, he's talking about his purpose, that you begin to fulfill the life and plan that God has for you as a unique person. And he has a unique way of describing that in his life, but essentially it's the same thing that Mark Twain is saying here, that it's not until the, till you figure out what you're designed to do. Figure it out. If you've not figured that out yet, begin to ask God, Lord, why did you put me on this earth? Why am I here? Why am I married to the person I'm married? Maybe you asked that today, this morning. Um, why do I live here in my community? Why do I have my children? What am I supposed to do as a father, as a mother, as a husband, as a wife? Whatever you are, whatever position, role you have, 
you have a purpose. Amen? Amen? Maybe it's just to preach and reach that one grandchild of yours. Amen? Maybe it's to reach that one neighbor of yours who is going to become the greatest evangelist in our century. You don't know that. You don't know if just that simple witnessing, that simple sharing of God's word, of God's love, can lead one person to Christ, and that person can lead multitudes. Amen? Amen. Amen. Having vision will bring fulfillment. Can I get an amen? Amen. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 and 16 says the following. And this is out of the Message Bible. It says the following. We look at this sun and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at this sun and see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, absolutely everything above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. Everybody say in him. That's where you'll find your purpose. I wasn't going to find my purpose in Bible school, although God had led me to that, because how many know that sometimes even Bible school or, or higher education can lead you astray from really what your purpose is in life? And sometimes it takes you to, to, to walk that path to discover, that's not what I should be doing. And what I mean by that is when you go to a Bible school, uh, and I'll just share this, when I started with the group of students that I was starting and studying with, um, we had a group, I think it was close to 20 people that we started with. We got down to three people by the end of it. It weeded out people that knew they weren't called for that. And that was amazing to see now later. It's like, yeah, you weren't called to it. And that's okay. That's okay. Uh, you see that in any field. You may be a this or that, but your coworkers, those around you, your peers will see, I don't know if you were called for this. Amen. How many know what I'm talking about? You'll know that. And that's okay. That's okay if you realize that and figure that out real quick and say, okay, time out, God. Let me figure out what I should be doing. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 11 says, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. So again, if you don't get into this, you'll never discover who you're living for. You have to get into God's word. We have to discover who we're living for, what we're living for. Only by discovering who we're living for can we discover what we're living for, what the purpose of life is. It's not just to provide for your family. It's not just to have a good time. It's not, you know, and fill in the blank. It's to be a servant to others. Amen? Amen. How many have ever heard of Pastor Rick Warren? He's written a few books. Um, The Purpose Driven Life is one of them. And this is one of his greatest quotes from that book. It says, the purpose of your life is far greater than your personal fulfillment, your peace of mind, or even your happiness. Wow. That's not what the world will teach you. The world will teach you, well, you got to have peace of mind. you got to be content and be happy. If you're not happy... Well, something's wrong. Uh, ever read the book of Job? <laughs> ever read the book of Job? Okay, uh, I'm sure he wasn't happy every day of his life as he was enduring things in his life. How many know that? There's trials that we will face as believers, amen? amen. We will face trials. So let me give you some simple steps to finding your purpose. So I've, I've told you 
you got to seek this and find out who God is to find out what your purpose is. Let me, let me share with you some steps to finding your purpose. Number one, am I doing things that I should not be doing? Let's just start with that. Or let me rephrase it this way. What am I doing that I shouldn't be doing? And what I mean by that is, I'm going to use this term. I don't know if it's a, it's a word, but time stealers. Time stealers. How many hours do we have in a day? 24. 24, right? Every one of us have 24 hours. We can't get another hour, another minute. None of us here can gain another minute in this day. None of us. I don't care how hard you try. But time stealers are remote control, sitting on the lazy boy, just channel surfing. Just channel surfing. Oh, that's not good. Go to the next one. Us guys, right? We're good at that, right? We got good demand of that remote control, right? Come on, don't lie. I'm not the only one. We, we can surf through those channels, and all of a sudden we look, and we just spent two hours just channel surfing, and we never watched a single thing, right? Or the other, the other thing is on, on, on your computers nowadays or your cell phones where you can do social media. I mean, you know that one little click of a link takes you to something else. A click of a link there takes you to something else. And before you know it, two hours have passed, and you forgot what you were looking for in the first place because it stole all your time, and you're going, oh, man, i got to cook some dinner. i, I got to go out and do some laundry. And, and you realize it stole your time. we got to be careful with that. Our world is filled with time stealers. Today, when you leave here this place, today, there will be time stealers in your life. Are you taking the time to spend with your, with your honey, with your loved ones? Are you serving them? Are you having a good attitude with them? Those are all things that you and I can do, amen? So here's, here's what happens when we allow time stealers in our life. Those things steal time from the Word and from God and discovering what that purpose is. You know, one of the things, and I'll admit it, I'll come clean. If I ever do sit down and watch TV, I rarely sit down to watch TV. I'll be honest with you now, I just don't watch that much TV unless it's sports. Um, but a lot of times I'll sit down and and I'll feel guilty later. That's just me because I sat and those are three hours I'll never get back in my life. Three hours. And I think, man, I could have spent doing this, you know, uh, you know, studying in the Word or preparing another message. Three hours I'll never get back. That's my thing right there. Uh, it may be something else for each of you. Here's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. And I believe we have this. Let's put that up on the screen. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. And this is the NIV version. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Everybody say, transformed, transformed. By, the by the renewing of your mind. Good. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, the world is going to tell you, this is what you should be doing. This is the path you should go. You need to go visit In-N-Out today. You need to go visit McDonald's tomorrow. And, and, and then be, you're going to be out here by next week. And, and the world will tell you what you should be doing if you let that and soak that up. Amen? The world, the, or excuse me, the Word of God says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Just, in other words, just because everybody else is doing it, amen, doesn't mean that you have to do it. But I will admit, 
In-N-Out is coming to Vallejo and I'm very happy. <laughs> we live in Vallejo and I'm very happy. How many? Can I get an amen on that one? I don't plan on visiting every Sunday, just every now and then, okay? All right. Number two. So, so what am I doing that I should not be doing? Focusing on removing those time sealers. Number two, what am I not doing that I should be doing? That's a difference there, okay? What am I doing that, I'm not, that I am not doing? And what that means is that if you know you should be doing something and you refuse to do it, the Bible calls that a sin. The Bible calls that a sin. Let me read the scripture to you found in James chapter 4 and verse 17. I believe we have that one as well. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Not my words. Those are the words found in the Holy Bible. Not my words. How many parents here have ever told their kids, yelled at their kids, make your bed, right? And then you go back five minutes later, half an hour later, two hours later, and the bed's not made, right? We've all had that, right? And you get mad. And, and in your mind, there's, that's a sin, right? You, well, it's not quite a sin, but you've told them once. You don't want to have to tell them twice, three times, four times. They should have done it the first time, right? And, and the Lord, he deals with us in the same way, although he has mercy, he has grace. If we know we should be doing something, and we refuse to do it, yet we know we're supposed to be doing that, that's a sin. That's a sin. So now that you've heard that, you're all accountable for that. Amen. That's why church can be a dangerous place. Amen. <laughs> Has God been speaking to you about getting up earlier in the day, in the morning, and reading his word? Has God been speaking to you about maybe just getting up and then just praying before you go off to work, before you go off to school? Has God been saying, I need to be more faithful in the house of God. I need to be a better witness of, of my faith in Christ to others around me. Has God been speaking to you? And if, let me, let me just share this with you. If he has, and we're not fulfilling that, it's a sin. It's a sin. Now, God will help you with that. If you need help, just say, Lord, I need your help to do this. If it's causing anxiousness in you, just the thought of sharing God's word with somebody, ask him for help. He will help you. Amen? Right. Amen. So what am I not doing that I should be doing? Take the steps in the right direction so that you can begin to fulfill that purpose God has for you. Amen? Yes. And in closing, I have one last point here this morning. Why not do it today? Why not begin that process today? Don't put it off. In Spanish, we have this word, mañana. Mañana. We'll do it mañana. You know what? None of us have mañana promised. Amen? None of us have tomorrow promised. None of us. Just like you only have 24 hours. None of us have tomorrow promised. What God has laid on your heart today, do it today. Amen? Will you do it today? Let me read a scripture to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2. In the NIV says, In the time of my favor I heard you, and in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now, everybody say now, now, is the time of God's favor. Now, say now again, is the day of salvation. God's message, God's word is always now, obey. Listen and obey, and obey, and obey. And what he wants for you to do is begin now to seek 
what that purpose is in your life. Begin to, to, to ask God, okay, Lord, I, I've removed these time stealers. I, I'm going to take this time and spend it in your word. Spend it on my knees. Spend it just in prayer. Spend it meditating and just in the stillness, in the quietness of removing, turning off my phone, turning off the TV, turning off the radio, the internet, whatever noise is in your room, turn it off. Shut it down. And just in that stillness, begin to listen to what you have for me. Have you done that this week? You don't have to raise your hand. But if you haven't, I want to challenge you to do that. Begin to do those things in the stillness of God's presence. Begin to ask him, Lord, what is it you would have me do? Because the scripture does say, be still and know that I am God. Amen? Be still and know that I am God. So the Lord wants you to decide that today. He doesn't want you to wait. He doesn't want to, to have you be anxious and, and, not wor- and worried about not fulfilling what your task is. See, we all can come up with excuses. We all have them. We all have them. How many watched the fight last night or heard about the fight last night? Conor McGregor and Mayweather, right? It was, uh, Mayweather won the fight. Knockout TKO in the 10th round. Anyways, the point is, Conor McGregor had his excuses afterwards. He goes, oh, they shouldn't have stopped the fight. Well, he, was, he had no gas left. He was out. I mean, he was going to be one punch away from going down. And the referee stopped the fight because he was trying to help the fighter, right? Referee's in there to help the boxer not get hurt. And so, amen. And, and so McGregor, after the fight, was saying, well, yeah, uh, I, I thought I could have kept going. Well, of course, every boxer's going to say that. But the referee stopped the fight to save him from getting hurt. And, and that was his excuse. That was his excuse. Everybody has excuses, right? All of us have excuses. But today, start today, begin to seek what God's will is for your life. And I want to read one final scripture to you found in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 11. This is a beautiful scripture. It says the following out of the NIV. It says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. I want you to read that with me. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Now say this with me. I am beautiful. beautiful. You are part of his creation. You are part of his creation. Now that's not meant to give you a big head or to, to create pride in you. It's to help you recognize that God created you uniquely And what his word says, everything he has created is beautiful. Amen? Amen. He also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. He's placed things in your heart, in your spirit, goals, visions, dreams in your heart that are going to take you from here to eternity. See, here's the thing that I believe as well, and I think it's found backed up in Scripture, is that the things He places in your heart now on this earth are going to continue in eternity. I believe that. I believe if you have a gifting here, you're going to continue to do that gifting in some capacity in eternity. How many believe that this morning? Amen? God didn't just give you something to use for 70 years, 80 years, 90 years, 100 years on this earth. He gave you a gift that's going to last all of eternity. That's why it's so important that we discover, we seek, what is that gift? What is that purpose that I should be 
having in my life that I should be displaying, that I should be earnestly seeking. What is that gift? Amen? So begin to today, begin to ask God, God, what is that plan you have for my life? I think I know. I think I have an idea. But Lord, confirm that. Confirm that. Let it burn in my heart so that I know without a shadow of a doubt, make it crystal clear what that plan is. And here's what you'll discover. When you begin to ask the Lord, you'll begin to experience total satisfaction. Total satisfaction in your life at that point. How many want to be totally satisfied? You know, again, those are the blessings that come with following God's path is satisfaction in your soul, in your soul. See, it's very different than what the world has out there. Conor McGregor and Mayweather, they made a they, they, they made bank last night. How many know that they made bank last night? But that doesn't matter. You know, here, here's the problem with those people is that their, their, their life's always in turmoil. Their lives are in turmoil constantly. And you can have all the millions of dollars in the world, but it doesn't give you happiness. It doesn't give you a blessed life. It doesn't give you or put you on the purpose you're supposed to be following. Amen? Now, I want to ask you right now as we close, what excuses held you back for years? What excuse? I want you to think about this. Because today is the day you're going to choose to begin to live in that goal, in that vision, in that dream that God birthed in you. What is it? Maybe it's just been recently. He's birthed something in you that you need to begin doing in your life. Maybe it's something that he gave you 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Whatever it may be, won't you begin today? To follow what that may be. Amen. Today is the day you choose to put your eyes back on the Lord. And begin to say, Lord, I'm here. Wherever you lead me, wherever you guide me, I'll follow. Amen. Amen. If that's you, will you raise your hand? If that's you that you want to follow Jesus, amen. And you want to seek his path for your life. Amen. Amen. I want to pray for you this morning. And if you want to come up, if you don't know right now what that path is as we close this morning. If you don't know what that path is, I want to pray for you up here. Um, So, Lord, we just come before you this morning, Father. And, Father, we thank you for your precious word. We thank you, Lord, for, for, for giving us direction, for giving us your word, Father. Lord, we ask your blessings of direction, of wisdom. Lord, sometimes life, is it isn't easy listening to this voice, that voice, what we think we should be doing. But Father, I pray your divine direction for everyone here today. May they know crystal clear what it is they should be doing and how they can be a servant in the church, outside the church, in their life, in their own ministry. Lord, I believe each one of these people here today have their own ministry. And Father, you've created them to serve and to work that ministry. So I pray your blessings upon them. May you give them direction. May you remove those time stealers from them. May they begin to always focus on the things they should be doing rather than the things they shouldn't. And Lord, as we do that, you'll bring us fulfillment. And we praise you and thank you for that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Give him a hand clap this morning. If you love him, if you praise him, let's praise him this morning.